Today on the Business Builders Podcast, we're talking with David Searles about networking strategies for major multi-day conferences like Land Forces, Avalon, and Pacific. Ron is nowhere to be seen because he's on holiday, and I give a tip about quickly and easily remembering the details of important conversations at conferences. Welcome to the Business Builders Podcast, where each fortnight we bring insights that will help you succeed in business. I'm Brenton Gowland, your host for this fortnight's episode, and Ron Tomley and my co-host, who's usually here with us, is taking some much-needed time out to enjoy a holiday with his family. So we look forward to seeing Ron recharged and back with us next fortnight. Now, today we're being joined by David Searles, another one of our hosts from the SA Business Builders Network, who are, of course, one of the sponsors of this podcast. Now, David and I will be discussing networking strategies today that will help you maximize your opportunities at the upcoming Land Forces Conference in early June this year in Queensland, Australia, and in Avalon in Victoria, which will be in late November, early December, and of course in 2022, the Pacific Conference, which will be in New South Wales. Now, if you're not going to one of these events, or if you're listening from overseas, never fear, you can apply these networking principles to attending any major multi-day conference. Now, David is a well-known defence industry professional in Australia who has served both in the regular army and the army reserves for in excess of 30 years. In fact, he's still serving today as a major in the army reserves. Now, David graduated from Royal Military College Duntroon in 1988 and has had many and varied postings around Australia and overseas, which have included operational postings such as the 2nd Cavalry Regiment, B Squadron 3 Quarters Cavalry Regiment, Commanding Officer of Defence Force Recruiting Unit SA, Chief of staff at Combat Arms Training Centre, where David was awarded a General Officer Commanding Training Command Commendation for his exemplary service. David has also completed a tour of Iraq in 2004 and 2005 as the Operations Officer of the Australian Army Training Team Iraq as part of Operation Catalyst. In his civilian career, David owns a defence consulting business working in the defence sector called DNS Solutions, which supports defence industry and the Australian Government in ensuring that defence and industry are established and focused to be able to support Australia's national security. So today's episode is sure to be loaded with usable advice that will help you make the most of your time at Land Forces, Avalon and Pacific. But first, we're going to start with a couple of quick messages from our sponsors. Today's episode is sponsored by our team at Nucleus Creative Agency. Now, research shows that we're bombarded with somewhere between 3,000 and 5,000 advertising and marketing messages every single week. And in amongst that sea of clutter, it can be very difficult to make your brand, your products, your services, and your message stand out. As a result, it can take a great deal of effort, time, and money to get people to visit your website, to win a meeting, or to engage with your story. So it's vitally important that when they do arrive at your website or engage with you, that your story, your brand, your offering all work together to connect them with your audience and inspire them to start a conversation with you. Because let's face it, you don't often get a second chance. Now, our team at Nucleus have a complete suite of integrated agency services to help you tell your story and a strong track record of helping our clients grow their businesses and achieve their objectives. So if you need help selling your products and services, developing your website, creating engaging video experiences, educating your market or developing your brand, Nucleus 
Nucleus can help you. So please visit www.nucleus.com.au to see how we've helped businesses just like yours from defense industry through to government and not-for-profits. Now, of course, our other sponsor is the SA Business Builders Network, which has inspired this podcast. Now, SA Business Builders are a social group that facilitate events that encourage the development of high-quality relationships between skilled business professionals in order to inspire friendships, opportunities, initiatives, and business growth. So each month, SA Business Builders run a social event here in Adelaide, South Australia, where we bring business professionals together for social events where we hear about relevant business topics. And if you would like to attend, please reach out to either myself, Ron, who's on holidays, or our guest, David Searles, because we're all SA Business Builders hosts and we'd love to chat. You can reach us on LinkedIn or any of the normal channels. Now, if you're listening from abroad or interstate and you're coming to South Australia, we'd certainly love to meet you and get you involved. However, we'd encourage you to check out some of the great networking groups in your area. If you're in South Australia, of course, SA Business Builders is definitely an event you should have a look at. And now it's time to hear from our guest. Well, hello, David. It's great to have you here on the Business Builders Podcast. Thanks, Brendan. It's great to be here. Uh, That's excellent. Now, this is a bit coincidental with our topic today, but uh, I remember meeting you at 2018 at the Land Forces Conference here in Adelaide. That's where we first met each other, yeah? Yeah, I think it started with a coffee and then uh, one of the evenings we uh, ended up having a few drinks. It was great to catch up and great to meet and um, yeah, I've really enjoyed the, the, the pathway so far. Yeah, cool. We've been colleagues ever since and been working with each other off and on. And that's been great. And that kind of points to, you know, our topic today is the importance of land forces and building connections in defense industry and so forth. Now, can we start with just now, obviously we're talking about, you know, large conferences in general and particularly land forces, Avalon and Pacific. Can you talk to us uh, about the opportunities that an event like land forces has for businesses in both defense and in uh, the private sector who are trying to get into defense? Yes, I I certainly can. Brendan, some years ago, Go defence were were supporting a lot of different conferences, and so defence decided that uh, that they could only afford to look at supporting, uh, not so much sponsoring, supporting um, um, uh, three or four events, and they are Land Forces, Avalon Airshow, and Pacific. All three of those have a focus. Land Forces, of course, towards the Army and its Land Force capabilities. Avalon is about aerospace, and of course, as we get into the space sector, and I notice in the media recently, um, the Australian Defence Force are setting up a space, specific space organisation uh, within Air Force. And the third and final one is Pacific, which is maritime focused or Navy focused. Yeah. And there's five domains in defence, right? So there's land, air, um, maritime, which is obviously sea, space and cyber. So does cyber is the only one you haven't mentioned there? Is that just part of all? No, it sort of fits across all of the sectors. I don't claim to be an expert in it, but um, I think I think um, a cyber uh, um, may has more of a government focus and the Australian Cyber Security Centre is is supporting that, uh, although Defence may look at it in the future as a specific sector. Okay, and so we've got these um, three key conferences and so forth. So what opportunities do they, again, as we were saying, present for, again, both supply chain and um, people trying to get into defence supply chain? Look, they're a great focal point or centre where defence and industry can come together to show their capabilities 
to uh, build relationships and networks uh, in the defence sector. Um, and it's an opportunity, really an opportunity to be in front of defence to show what you can do and what you can't do and how you can support defence. And I get in the greater greater aspect of the government's need for a, a strong um, local uh, industry base to support the defence uh, in time of, uh, of need. Yeah, sure. And um, these events are just massive. They've got their own ecosystem. So there's like about 10,000 people that go to each event, yes? Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And it, it's, it appears to be growing every year if you if you uh, believe on the website that, you know, the 2018, uh, it's grown at extra 20% on top of um, on top of what happened land forces in 2018. And wow. even with the COVID uh, situation, we're still seeing uh, a significant amount of people attend, uh, a significant amount of people um, exhibit um, in order to uh, to have uh, uh, grow their business in the defence sector. And of course, these events have been pushed back a whole year because of COVID. So you would imagine that people are chafing at the bit to get together and um, start discussing yeah, defence again, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I think this year's uh, limited with uh, with international travel. Mm. Normally you get a huge amount of international exhibitors and international uh, visitors. So that's that has a limit this year, but uh, we're still seeing huge numbers of people des- uh, wanting to go um, to either exhibit or, or attend as a trade visitor in order to, to grow their business opportunity. Well, 20% growth is pretty huge considering that we've got no international, com- well, not a great international component. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, it is. It's quite a good, it's good to see. It's nice to see that industry see the need to come together um, to uh, to share their capabilities and uh, and to build networks. Okay, so fantastic. So if I'm a business going along to the event, there's really two ways that you can attend. You can set up a stand and many, many businesses do that. And I know you were, I think, at the CDIC stand, which stands for- Centre of Defence Industry Capability. So many acronyms in defence. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, you had a stand, but you can go and you can set up a stand or you can go as a delegate. Now, there's pros and cons to both approaches. Um, can you talk to us about what the opportunities are for businesses that are going along who are both setting up stands or going along as a delegate? Yeah, and I think there's a couple of um, considerations when you're planning and you should start planning very early or as early as possible. And hopefully everyone who's going to land forces has done that. Certainly Avalon and Pacific in the future, you've got time to do that. But Yeah, I think with Avalon in uh, November, December this year, now's the time to start planning. In fact, uh, once you complete your activities at land forces, you really should be uh, starting to plan for Avalon, uh, your effort at Avalon. Um, yes, there's two ways to go to an exhibition or conference. One is as a as an exhibitor of which you can attend on a pod, uh, your own stand, or each of the states now has a central pod where you can uh, have a have a small a section to to um, set up and and uh, and show your capabilities. And yeah. it's a great thing to state each of the state governments do that. I know many of my clients um, pulled up stands with um, Defence SA, so that's yeah, yeah a it's great a, opportunity. Yeah, it's a great opportunity, and I think the state governments, all the state governments, doing the right thing in in helping industry in that way. And the other way is as a, as a trade visitor, um, and and that gives you access to the exhibition and some of the conferences and briefings, and that's a good way to go as well. Uh, what the limitation of that is, you really got have nowhere to base your yourself, and so you're probably sitting in, in a little coffee area or uh, area trying to plan and and uh, coordinate your your day's activities. Whilst if 
you've got a pod or a stand, it's a it's a base to go back to that you can sit down and uh, gather your thoughts and um, and build your your plan or, or or action your plan you've prepared previously to uh, to attend. And I guess that's where collaboration comes in as well. If you don't have a stand, maybe you find a an aligned business or someone that you have a relationship with that you can hang around with them or one of the state based groups that you're talking about. Because I know that the Defence SA stand, even if you don't have a stand there and you're from South Australia, you can spend time in their coffee area or whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. No, no. And and um, if you're on a state-based stand, uh, it gives you extra access to a meeting room and and and, uh, and coffee area and, and the like. So it's it's very good process. Yeah, great. Uh, we, we've done the same thing. We've got a pod set up and um, um, that pod we're sharing with another company and uh, and we think that's the way to go. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it allows us to come back at the end of the day or during the day to gather our thoughts, uh, replan our, our visits and uh, and uh, conferences and um, and and it's not overly expensive to be honest. Yeah. And um, um, and uh, by the way, I don't know whether the listeners are aware, but there the government uh, released an opportunity to access grant to attend exhibitions and conferences some months ago. It did close because they had a, such a significant response. But I I understand that might reopen again soon. And so if you're thinking about going to Avalon, and I think you should, uh, if you're in the defence space or seeking to get in the defence space, then uh, have a look at that opportunity through the government portal because uh, it's it's well worth accessing some grant money to uh, to attend and it's open for uh, marketing um, requirements uh, you can uh, so dressing your stand dressing your stand uh, also uh, re-establishing your uh, marketing paraphernalia like getting quad charts. business cards quad charts uh, pop-up banners if that's what you need and uh, and also um, uh, refreshing your website so there's the grant is very broad in its opportunities and it's a great way to another way the government I think is doing the right thing helping industry to uh, to build itself in the defence sector. Yeah, that's great advice. And I know uh, several organisations who've uh, benefited from that grant. So that's that's a real opportunity for people to actually get support in um, getting into defence industry, yeah? Absolutely. And, and you know, it's once again, it's those companies that are supporting that. It might be a marketing company like yourself, mm-hmm. Renton and Nucleus, um, might be able to help companies um, uh, build their website or re- refresh their website, uh, um, refresh their branding, um, new business cards, quad yeah, jobs. Yeah, we've like. um, helped a couple of businesses relaunch themselves at different events like Pacific and Land Forces and so forth over the years. And it's been a great opportunity for them to do that because you've got so many people there and the media are already there. So it's such a great opportunity to make noise about your company and the relationships that you have. Oh, I think it's fundamental to get, get that expert support and help uh, to uh, to ensure you uh, are looking good and, um, and doing all the right thing. Yeah, well, we're certainly uh, open to helping people with that. But you were talking about preparation earlier. So um, do you want to talk about some of the preparation methods people should be putting in place. Yeah, I've had a bit of a think about this and and go back my experiences and I'll share some of my experiences. Right. Firstly, I think don't expect to win a contract. This is not about winning a contract or or signing a contract at any of these events. It's really about it's really about what I call gathering intelligence and and rather than you travel around Australia visiting companies you think you could support or like to support or help or or build a relationship with and being part of their supply chain, it's a central place where they all come together. So it, the costs reduce for you. I think I call it in defence. We call it IPB, Intelligence Preparation of the Battle Space. Right, acronyms. I, I love it. Yeah, that's there you go. Um, TLA's three letter acronym. <laughs> but it's really about the opportunity to collect contacts and networks, and and I have a greater awareness, understanding of what's happening in the defence space, uh, understanding projects. But once again, uh, I think it's important you know projects, and we'll talk. I want to talk a little bit more about that later on. Mm-hmm. I have some rules planning. Let's plan early. Uh, like 
I said with Avalon, you should be planning for Avalon now, knowing that it's in five or six months' time, and you should be well established with meetings, um, understanding what conferences and briefs you're, briefings you're going to attend whilst there so that you can plan around that um, additional um, connections and understanding uh, requirements. Build a plan and a schedule. Make sure you have a draftage and everybody in your business knows that plan. So it's, you know, I prepare a briefing pack. I have a briefing pack in my hand ready to go. It has my plan and schedule. Um, I'm a bit old fashioned. I have it hard copy, but some people might have it electronically. And yes, I put it in my diary as well. Right. Um, so the first thing you should do is look at those events and conferences you're going to attend. Lock them away, book them. Uh, and when with, you say events and conferences, you're talking about within, within land forces. Within land forces. Yeah, it might be a briefing on CDIC, Centre of Defence Injury Capability. It might be on future capability requirements for Army. Whatever it is, lock them away straight away so that then you know what free time you have to either set up meetings and or uh, and or tour and walk around the exhibition to know what, what future requirements and what companies are doing. That's really important. So lock in that event program and then you can build your uh, your visit schedule or your meeting schedule around that. Um, I'd also recommend that those uh, internal land forces conferences and briefings you minimise um, because if you tend try to attend them all, you leave yourself no time and space for meetings uh, to walk around the exhibition. And to be honest, my experience is the walking around the exhibition is the greatest tool you can have in building those networks and understanding what's going in defence uh, because uh, people are on their stands, they're ready to talk to you and you can uh, build those networks and gather those contacts. Fantastic. I think a little bit of admin. Let, let's talk about administration and okay. in, your, in your planning phase. So dress. I tend to find that people in the military are quite conservative and formal in their dress. Suits are acceptable. A lot of people wear ties. I think as a, a minimum, a business casual is really important. Whether you want to wear a branded shirt or branded clothes, that's okay as well. But just be careful you don't underdress. Uh, it's sort of important. So tie or no tie? Because I notice that in defence events, a lot of people wear ties. Yeah, a lot of the primes and, and military people wear What is a prime, ties. just in case people uh, don't know? A prime is a, a large company who are generally uh, uh, first-tier suppliers to uh, to defence. And it could be uh, companies like uh, BAE, um, Babcock are a prime, uh, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, yep. uh, Raytheon, they're all quite large primes. And they usually own one of the prime contracts like C-1000, which is the submarines, future submarines. Yes, that's correct. F- future submarine program. Yes, they generally are the prime contractor to defence to supply that capability. And generally, most of your requirements will 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 deal with the prime as opposed to directly into defence. And defence supply chain usually form a component of that job that that prime owns, yes? Uh, yeah, pretty much, yes. Yes, you're correct, Brenton, yeah. So y- you would generally deal with the primes not directly into defence as part of that supply chain. Okay, so you were talking about the primes, you know, they a lot of them wear suits and so forth? Yeah, they do, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think you'll find a lot of the people working for the primes are ex-defence people um, and, and there's a conservative streak in them um, having served a long time in defence in uniform, and so you tend to find they're, they're uh, dressed uh, in that way. Uh, I generally wear a suit, but uh, open neck uh, shirt, not tie. No tie, okay. No tie, but um, each to their own. I, I guess my my point here is is that um, you show up in board shorts and thongs, you're probably not going to get a look in and be respected and regarded as, as a part of a, a supply chain for a project. Yeah, so it's absolutely fine then to, you know, pretty much be in a suit with 
the open next shirt. But then if you go to the official events that are part of that um, infrastructure, do you wear a tie then? Um, generally, you, some people do. A lot of people do. I, I'd suggest not. I think suit open neck shirt is right. is is comfortable, um, and it's a, an accepted form of um, business casual nowadays in 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 the business sector. Excellent approach and manners. Once again, a lot of ex-military people uh, quite conservative in nature, respectful in nature, uh, and in fact, um, I uh, some years ago, in fact, 2018, I escorted um, a small company to the land forces program in um, in Adelaide. Um, I escorted um, uh, the uh, the, the managing director and and uh, for a couple of hours, and we came out and I said, they, she said, I'd like to bring my uh, my uh, my um, other director. So we walked around the next day. I scored on them both around, and I sat down and said, "What do you think?" And he said, "You know what? I the most important part that I've pulled out of all of this is the respectful nature that people talk to you. That you're not regarded in any way, shape, or form. You're their equal." And uh, he found that to be um, quite quite uh, attractive and, and accommodating. That uh, that he could talk to people uh, respectfully, clearly, succinctly, and they knew not what they were talking about. Do you think that's unique to land for the, the these defence industry events? I think it's somewhat unique. No, I'm not having go to anybody any other industry Absolutely, sector. yeah. But, but I, I think it's unique to the nature of defence and its conservatism um, and, and how it approaches opportunity. So yeah, somewhat unique to maybe defence. Okay, so we've looked at dress and manners. Is there anything else? Um, yeah, language. And we talk about acronyms, Brent. Yes. Yeah, yeah. three-letter acronyms, TLAs. AIC, Australian I, Industry Content. I heard that bandied around so much at Land Forces. And CDIC, Centre of Defence Industry Capability. I think it's fundamentally important that you start to rip up and understand those some of those acronyms. Now, even myself, having spent 30 years in defence, there's still acronyms that I don't know. But it's important you know the simple acronyms that you might be exposed to. Is there a library you can go to to understand? No, there's not necessarily, although defence do have doctrine that covers all of those acronyms. So when you say doctrine, uh, where can you find this doctrine? Well, you can't. It's internally in defence and it's generally somewhat restricted in access. But um, I think agencies like uh, DTC, Defence Teaming Centre, uh, Australian Industry Defence Network, Aiden, may be able to help you in that area. So if you visit their websites or have a chat with them, they may have uh, yeah, cheat sheets. Yes, yes. They're great industry uh, uh, mechani- uh, mechanisms to support industry to to under- better understand defence. Yeah, that's great. So it's really about understanding the language and what's going on around you so that you're seen and respected as um, someone who actually is in that um, sphere of uh, defence. Yeah, understanding what you're talking about. I think that leads me into the next point of understanding what projects are going on. When I talk about projects, they are large multi-billion dollar projects, a lot of them. There's not an expectation that you as an industry partner would know intimately about the project, but it's understanding the background of it and a little bit about overall uh, understanding. So when we talk about C5000, which is the future frigate program or the hunter class program. Which BAE is the prime that owns that contract? BAE is the prime. And and actually, it's if I remember correctly, it's called the global ship. So it's, it's currently being built by BAE for the UK, uh, um, the Royal, Royal Navy. Um, uh, it's being built for the Canadian Navy and Australia is also building the same ship. Yeah, right. Um, uh, once again, I'm not an expert in that area, 
area, but that's my understanding. And uh, um, and it's really about understanding what that means and what the ship requirements are and what that project's all about. It's its length of project, how it's going to be built. That's fundamentally important that you talk with some level of authority when you want to talk to someone about being in their supply chain or supporting them and understanding what their requirements. And you can learn it because I know I've learned a lot of fence language from people like yourself and Tony, who we had on last week and so forth in the last episode of the podcast. It's building those relationships, which might even start at Land Forces or may have started earlier, but it's talking to people in the industry that you start to learn that language, yes? Uh, that's correct, Brendan. It's, there is a level of osmosis you learn about from, from people you're talking that's great. to and you start to build that knowledge. Uh, it, it behoves you as a, if you want to play in the defence space, to understand it as well. And that is uh, going off and, and, and using Mr. Google to understand better about those projects. Going to the CASG, uh, Capley Acquisition Statement Group, which is an internal defence acquisition organisation and learning mm. from them as well. So there's plenty of information around to learn about these projects. Fantastic. So look, if I'm a business and I'm going to Land Forces or Pacific or Avalon, et cetera, et cetera, and I might have a stand or I might be a delegate, can we talk a little bit about uh, how to go about networking at this event? Because you were saying earlier that it's really, it's walking around the event where all the opportunity really is. Yeah, look, I think there's two ways, of course, to do, as I said, have a pod or a stand yourself or be just a trade visitor and walking around. I think if you're running a stand or a pod, there's some fundamental requirements. One is you need someone on that stand all the time. So you can't have a video showing and you wandering around and, and people taking, um, whether it's a quad chart or a capability. So leaving stand. your stand unattended, but, yeah. but you've set up some things that you think it can yeah, just because take care of itself. What you can't capture is if someone grabs a business card or someone grabs or takes one of your capability statements, you don't know who that is and you really need to know that. So have someone on the stand at all times. Uh, first question you ask is, have you got a business card? And what's your interest? Uh, on the back of that business card, uh, I would generally write my, my approach is I write a couple of comments um, and what they're asking, why they're asking and what their interest is. Yes. As a follow-up action later on, now you might have a, a list where you write it down, you might do it electronically, you might capture it as a voice activation. Through your it, phone. Through your phone, whatever it might be. Yeah, whatever you find's easiest. A general I find writing on the back of a business card, a couple of quick notes for follow-up action later on. And that's an interesting point because I know that for some clients when we've been preparing them for you know one of these major events like Land Forces or Avalon, we've actually created business cards for them that have, and this is you know not usual in usual circles, but a, a blank white back maybe with some lines on it so people can actually write. Yeah, I've seen those and 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 knowing that they're yours, I think it's a great idea and a great idea from Nucleus to 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 capture those that information. Well, it's just a small thing, but it's all these small things that matter in these events. No, absolutely, absolutely. And it's really important to record and capture those either those uh, contacts, names and details or the information that you spoke to them about so you can follow up action later on and we'll talk about that later as well. Um, so collecting business cards and registering those business cards is fundamental. Yep, so that's one. That's one. On that day, if you're there for the duration of the exhibition, it's really important that you don't say, I'm going to do a review and update at the end of the conference. It's too late. You've forgotten a lot of the stuff. Yep. You really need to do it each day. So at the end of the day, sit down with your staff and go through all of those business cards and capture a little bit more information. So really just a contacts database with some information about what you're going to do. You may wish to set up meetings then and there, it might be the next day or the next week, but really take action very quickly to follow up, else it's all forgotten. Yep, so sometimes it'll be meeting at the event, but sometimes it'll be, I'll follow them up on Friday after the event or the event week following, yes? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I take a bit of an approach. Day one, my first day there is my meeting day. I try 
try and set up meetings the first day. So that gives me a couple of days during the event to revisit that meeting. Yes. Um, and what happens is a meeting, someone might say, hey, David, I'd really like you to meet John Smith. He's our logistics or supply chain manager or whatever it might be. And I can do that the next day rather than in a week's time or two weeks time, I can do it the next day. So day one, I sort of try and set my meetings up and um, all my, what I think are valuable meetings that I need to have. You're always going to have additional meetings and contact people and go, oh, I hadn't thought about talking to you. That happens. That's exactly what the exhibition and, and uh, your attendance is about. But day one is my meeting day. Day two, I generally revisits day. So I'm, I'm being told I need to meet with John Smith, the mm-hmm. logistics supply chain manager. I'm going to meet with him the next day and try and find a time to talk to him so that I can get that, start to build that relationship and understanding of what I need to do and how to get into that supply chain. Day three, I generally leave it as my general walk around day. So I'm not locked into meetings unless they've been pre, unless they're planned at last minute. And it's my day just to chew the fat with people, get additional business cards and generally find out what I didn't know, you know, that I don't know what I don't know. That day is my day to go, oh, I hadn't thought about talking with you. Um, how do we work together? What do we need to do? How do we talk to each other? I'd like to set up a meeting in a couple of weeks. We can chat about it to determine whether there's a relationship and how we can support each other and grow business opportunities. So that's how my my sort of events plan works. So you plan each day to their personality. So day one, you um, spend most of the time at your stand. Is that what you're kind of getting at? You book yeah. meetings? Yeah. Day day one is my locked in day. Um, a day two is my hatch up and revisits day if that's possible. And then day three is generally an easy day to walk around and have a look around at the at the people I probably didn't think of or or, or when I'm walking around looking and going, oh, wow. That's interesting because day one's really where everyone's settling in, right? And then the conference takes its personality, finds its personality, and that starts to emerge day two and day three. And that's certainly in the social sense too, Brenton, of an evening when you're having oh, drinks. The dr- drive is not to uh, hang a big one on the first night, uh, try and leave it to the last night, but uh, that's always a little hard as well. We'll talk about that in a minute because I know we're going to talk about what happens after the event. But um, towards the end of the day, at the actual conference, they have drink sessions, yes? Yeah, yeah, they do. And and that's whether you're a drinker or a not drinker, that doesn't matter. It's really important to attend those. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a time- You can always choose water. You can always choose water. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there are time when people come together rela- in a relaxed mode and uh, and the opportunity is just to generally talk to each other. It's a great time to meet, great time to swap business cards, and it's a great time to uh, to coordinate, maybe catch up the next day. Um, generally, in the exhibition so big, there's only three or four places you can uh, have drinks. I'd recommend that each night you go to a different location. That's a good idea. In the exhibition. What happens is people collectively have drinks that are have stands or exhibits around that area. Some people, some of the trade visitors move between the, the different drink areas, but I would recommend have a plan in place to go each night to a different location. Therefore, you talk to different people and meet different people. Great advice. I guess it's the same with coffee stands during the day. If you're a coffee drinker or a tea drinker, there's plenty of coffee places. I'm guilty of that. Oh, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of places to have a coffee. I'd recommend to go to different places as coffee as well. What happens is you're in a line getting a coffee, you start to talk to the person behind you, in front of you, and all of a sudden you realise that they're from a company that you thought, I hadn't thought of talking to you, and you start to build that relationship. Generally, those coffee stands, people will co-locate from that local area. You know, it's it, uh, you talked about ecosystems within the, the defence ecosystem of exhibition, within that is its own little ecosystems, you know, whether it's based on uh, hall stand areas or coffee areas or drink areas, there's sort of little ecosystems that build. And there's several of those throughout the event, yes, and we're talking 20 or 30, yes? Yeah, yeah. You can drink a lot of coffee. Coffee is a good thing until you <laughs> get to that point where you can't sleep and you're twitching in the afternoon. <laughs> I don't have that problem. <laughs> um, 
built up an immunity, yes? Uh, something like that, yeah, by the end of the end of the trip, yeah. Um, I, I'd just like to re- re-emphasize um, the concept with business cards. Okay. Uh, and I know a lot of people are, uh, over the years have tried to go electronic business cards or capturing electronic information, and I know you, you're down that path, Brenton, of capturing information electronically. Mm. I'm a little bit of an old-fashioned guy, conservative guy. I like a business card. Once again, I'd like to reiterate, you need to capture notes. Many a times in my past, I've got a business card, got home, spent the weekend uh, regathering my thoughts, and on Monday, I look at that card and, and think, oh, I remember who that was. I can't remember what I, why I talked to them. Really important to capture that information at that moment. Agreed. I use a piece of software called Otter AI, otter.ai, and I'm giving them a plug here. They're not related to me in any way, but a really useful tool that I talk into my phone and it takes notes immediately. So I would talk to someone and say, I've met David Searles from DNS Solutions, and we talked about this and this, and it would literally just write it almost word for word. There might be a couple of mistakes or whatever, but then I'll just copy that into a spreadsheet at the end of the night. Yes. So for me, that's the way I've worked, but I, particularly around defense, I notice business cards are really a big thing. Yeah. Look, once again, uh, ha- however you do it is up to you. It's really important to capture that information early so you don't forget and yep. uh, make notes of it and and do a review each day with, with your staff. Come together in whatever shape you do that and just capture that information. Um, a little bit more information, a little bit of advice and your next action, whether that's a meeting or maybe there's no further action, you really don't see an opportunity there at the moment. Um, or maybe they're a good source of information. Maybe they're a good source of information, yeah. I don't think there's ever a bad network and a bad contact. Um, for whatever reason, you, it may not transcribe into a contract or a, or a business opportunity, but someone knows someone, so it knows someone knows someone, and so those contacts could well be valuable. And I have found many times you meet John Smith, get his business card, and you start talking, he says, I don't think we see any opportunities, but have you spoken to you know Mr. Mr. Jones? That's exactly how I met you. Someone recommended me to come and talk to you for that yeah. very reason. Oh, that's exactly how it works. And and so, uh, you know, then I need to try and get Mr. Jones's contact details and start to build that network and a little bit like a spider web, I guess. Now, fantastic. But one of the unique things about these conferences as well is the nocturnal activities, right? Yes. Um, is that a lot of business actually and a lot of relationships are built after the event, not at the event location, but okay, so Land Force is in, is in Queensland, but it's in venues and so forth around Queensland where people go. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and the importance of these events and how to get invited? Yeah, look, you if you look at the event program, um, most primes hold formal uh, dinners or functions and they're invited only. Um, each of the events generally holds a big formal uh, dinner. Now, um, if you're new to defence and or uh, seek a need or you want to socially go to it, then, then all, by all means go to it. I'm not, not anti the formal. I have found my experience in the past that I found it very difficult to network at those events because you're in a room of seven or 800 people. Um, you're having a meal. Yes, you communicate with the people on your table and that's great, fantastic. And some of those might be of value to you or opportunistic for you. But I find it's very hard to network at those events. And at the end of it, 10, 11 o'clock at night, everybody heads home. Mm. Um, the other opportunity is, is the smaller social industry events. And and I'm lucky enough to be uh, have an uh, activity to go to every night from my networks. They're the place where people relax, have a beer uh, or whatever they want to drink and start to open up and talk to people about opportunities and what they're doing and what, where you might fit into them. Um, how do you get to those little events? Uh, that's a little bit of a hard task and it's about having those networks. Now, for the first, if you're a first timer to something like Land Forces, maybe it's a bit difficult and you may not be at them. But as you build those networks, um, people might ring you and say, hey, John or Brenton, what are you doing on Tuesday night? Well, I've got nothing on the moment. Would you like to come some drinks? I'm bring, putting together some industry players who you might be interested to talk to or, or build a relationship. Fantastic. And that's how it works. So it's, and 
And it's fundamental. They are great uh, avenues to build networks and contacts and people and knowing what's going on in the business, uh, particularly the defence sector. So so if you can get to those, they're the places to be. Whether you drink or not, it's irrelevant. The fact is that they are little groups of people who come together, who have a common interest, common intent, and and um, and it's a way to open up networks and opportunities. So really that speaks to, you know, when you're doing your networking at the event, really gathering intelligence, yeah? So not just talking about, well, I'm from this business and I do that, but asking them questions about what are you doing, what's going on, what are you doing at the event, uh, what are you doing after hours, and, and identifying those opportunities through your networking activities. No, it's a good pickup, Brenton. It's not just about understanding a supply chain or an opportunity to build a widget or manufacture something or partner with them. It's really socially going along that that whole um, pathway for uh, uh, the ride to, to build a relationship. You know, I, I have found in defence that, uh, albeit you may not be from a defence background, and that has benefit that there's there's a there's a benefit in building a relationship, not just a commercial relationship. Building a, a confidence in almost a friendship in a in a professional manner. Mm, yeah, that's great. So look, we've been talking for a while, and there's some great usable information that you've presented with us uh, or presented uh, to our listeners today, David. And that's fantastic. But we got to start wrapping up. So I've got one last question. So when the event's over, when when uh, people have uh, had that last big night, um, what and they've got all these business cards with notes on the back, and they've created their database and and started to build their network. How do you approach follow up? What and I know this is a one hundred and one question, but what's your recommendation from these events? How should how should businesses go about that? Because that's really the most important part. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That's when the hard work begins. To be honest, yep. it's fun to go and have a drink. It's fun to meet people, swap business cards. It, the hard work starts to begin because now you're competing probably with a lot of other companies trying to get in a door of someone to have a meeting and talk about your capabilities and how it fits into their project requirements. But problem solving, I guess. Going, I'm going to solve your problem and mm. I'm going to do it um, based on defence requirements and standards. So it's really uh, really important that you early on uh, set up those early meetings, those second round of meetings or third round of meetings. To happen at the event or outside of? Um, generally outside the event. Um, so you you may have had that first meeting. You may have uh, revisited that on your day two, as I in my plan, and and you plan to catch up intimately. And when I say intimately, one on one meeting or with others within the company rather than in the exhibition uh, at a later stage, probably next week or the week after. It can be done by Teams or Zoom. Um, Particularly or- if people are interstate, because let's face it, um, people from all around Australia are going to be going to this event. Maybe not so much from overseas this year, but you're definitely going to have people that aren't in your state. Yeah, absolutely, Brenton. And 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 I think COVID a situation has has built our confidence in in having you know um, video conferencing and that those sort of those sort of tools, and we've become much more familiar with them. So it's a, it's a good way to go, and it's a cost effective way to go. I think there is a need to do a hands face to face eventually and build that relationship, and that's yeah. the only way you can really do it um, eventually to to win that business. But uh, but yeah, so so the hard work begins. I equate it to people who prepare tenders. So tender build. You do all the hard work, set the team up, write the tender, go through all the all of the re- reviews, whether it's a red team review or gold team review. Day comes along, submission day, send it in, and you wipe your hands and say, right, I'll wait for the decision that I've won it. Uh, it doesn't stop there. There should be consistent planning, consistent work going after the tender's released uh, in preparation for when you do get down selected uh, that you're ready to go. So commercial frameworks, logistics frameworks, uh, workforce requirements. I think it's the same here. Once you've got the business card and and the event ends, you don't rub your hands together. Give yourself a tummy rub and say that was great. Or really, you, now the work begins in building that relationship and 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 convincing that company that your capability meets their needs and you can sign up into their supply chain and win business with them, um, supply to them.
them or work as a partnership with them to be successful. So you're saying that the follow-up should actually not even wait till the event's over, but you should start doing it through the event. And then the event ends generally on a Thursday, yes? So on Friday, you should be hitting the phones, booking those meetings, whatever else, not just taking your big wad of business cards and going, didn't I do a great job? I'll follow these guys up eventually. But it should you should be right on it. Yeah, absolutely. It's fundamental to do it early in the process because it's still in, in people's minds. I give them a weekend or a couple of days. They start to forget who you were, um, don't know who, can't remember. It's really important to do it early on. Yeah, that guy was great to have a drink with, but whatever. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah, in other words, you know, if you're planning to go to Land Forces or Pacific or whatever, plan that that whole week is the event. So it's it's the prep, it's the going to the event, it's the follow-up. And definitely that last, that Friday is, you know, you might be traveling, but you can do a whole bunch of follow-up while you're doing that if you're on a plane or, you know, driving or whatever. Brenton, it might be just as easy as send off a, a number of emails saying, hey, great to meet, really appreciated your time. Thanks for the second meeting. What I'd like to do now is set up another meeting. Uh, I'm happy to do that via Teams or whatever, or or uh, I'm in Melbourne next week. Uh, I'd really like to come and see you. Can we set up a time to have a chat? Yeah, fantastic. Look, David, that was incredible. Thank you for your time today. Uh, very insightful. And I think there's some real usable information that you've provided for people who will be going to Land Forces or Avalon or Pacific, uh, as we discussed. So how can people contact you? And you are a very well-connected man, as as we all know. How can people contact you if they want to uh, meet you at Land Forces or uh, actually arrange a conversation with you at a later time? Well, we've got a pod, pod number 27. It's up in a little corner up in the back of the uh, uh, of the bleachers. Um, pod number 27. I like that number. Pod, pod number 27. Um, and and we'll have that manned uh, for the duration uh, uh, of the of the exhibition. So that's where we are. Um, the other way is uh, send us an email, David at Deer Solutions. Uh, .com.au or in actual fact I'm on LinkedIn so yes, chase us on are. I see you on LinkedIn all the time good looking rooster aren't I yes you are David <laughs> of course you are look fantastic and once again thank you for your time today it's been a great discussion now if you're enjoying the Business Builders podcast and you're finding it useful please let us know we would love your thoughts and we'd love to know any topics that you'd like us to talk about or discuss you can reach out to us on LinkedIn by contacting Brenton Galland or Ron Tomlian we'd love to chat we'd also love you to give us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast Casting platform. And please remember to check out our sponsors. Uh, we've got Nucleus. We are experts in helping you grow your business and achieve your communication or marketing objectives and uh, helping you set up to get into defense supply chain. And if you'd like any advice from our team at Nucleus or you want to have a discussion, please get in touch with us using the contact form on the Nucleus website. And either myself or one of our team will be more than happy to arrange a meeting. So please visit us at www.nucleus.com.au to see how we've helped other business just like yours. And finally, please reach out to us if you'd like to get involved with SA Business Builders. David and I are both part of that network and uh, there's many others. So if you want to come along to the next event, just let us know either via LinkedIn or any of the other channels. So until next time, that's goodbye from me and David. I hope you have a very successful Land Forces and I look forward to seeing you at the next SA Business Builders. Thanks, Brendan. Really looking forward to it. Thank you. Great. Fantastic. And finally, to our listeners, we look forward to speaking with you again on our next podcast. So see you next time and bye for now.